our farm inn and cooking school here in lovely Lamarque. It is the 27th of November on a frozen autumn day. Now, usually Jason, my sweet husband, starts the podcast, but we thought, let's switch it up. Why not? Let's start with my lovely voice and welcoming to the show. (laughs) I'd like to thank Jason for joining us. Thank you, Ashley. It is wonderful to be here. All right. Let's go back to you hosting. All right. (laughs) We're doing this one a little bit later in the morning. Normally we wake up and do them because I feel like I got a lot of energy in the morning. Correct. Right? Energy, energy, energy. Um, but today we uh, woke up and got a bunch of stuff. We walked the dog. We're taking care of our neighbor's dog. Did we set the whole thing up yet? What we yes. do? All right. Very good. Uh, we got the, our neighbor's dog, a beautiful Rhodesian Ridgeback named Soom. And um, he – no, just sit there. He, uh, he wants a nice walk through the woods every morning. And um, we had to go down the road and feed their chicken. They're out of town for a couple – for a week or so. So we had to go down the road and feed the chickens, check on the cat. And, uh, they do the same for us when we go out of town. It's very nice. Exactly. So right now I have a giant beast in front of my um, brand. Oh, we talked about this last we did time. Talk about it last time, but it's, it's a life, life changer. changer. <laughs> uh, brand new wood burning stove in the oven. In the oven. In the uh, fireplace. As we mentioned before, it is a hand me down. It was uh, used from the neighbor, but it feels brand new to us. Jason, oh, this morning I was like, I just love this thing, and he was like, It's probably from the eighties. <laughs> Just kept in really good condition, but it freaking chooches. So it does. <laughs> well, not only not only does it heat the whole first floor, but you can walk around without socks. Last on. night we were barefoot. It was pretty wild. It was a snowy, uh, snow rain sleep mix, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is one of the first times we're just barefoot walking around in here. Uh, most most um, houses in the countryside have tile floors, and ours is no exception. And um, people. You know, classy people would put down rugs. Um, we don't because we're in and out with boots and all this stuff. And, I, and hauling wood. Hauling and- wood. And, and we just – actually, we got a rug the other day. Um, but to have the the um, the, t- the stone or the tile be warm is huge. And mm-hmm. God knows we don't have any fancy in-floor heating. That no. Heat. Oh, that would well, be awesome. we don't even have that fancy uh, – those stoppers on the doors. <laughs> so the uh, flaps on the door. So well, alone- mat- No, that's on the list of – it's starting to actually get co- – so the, the weather has taken a turn. It's, it's – um, Clear and cold today, but the the air has turned and started coming out of the north, and it's getting like winters now here. So it went from like thirteen, fifteen to in the sixties, yeah, to now it's it's in the single digits coming up this week. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's uh, turning. Uh, updates on wood. We had a couple of um, emails about what happened with the wood. So the wood showed up. Um, I stacked <laughs> it all. It's it looks great. Um, we started cutting it all up, but when we did our measurements of how many cubic meters there is, I think it's only 50 quintale, which is – a quintale is 100 kilos. I asked for a, a, a 100 quintale. Well, and you might be asking, how would you not know? Well, we you requested this wood, I think, in September. Mm-hmm. You called the guy every single week in October, and throughout October, you were assured each week, yes, it was coming this week. Finally, one freaking day that we leave the house for the whole day – we come back and the wood is delivered, and we weren't here, so we have no idea. And there then it no rained. T- normally, <laughs> yeah. Well, we covered it, but normally they leave a ticket, like a uh, th- when they load up the truck with wood, they'll they know the the tear weight of the truck. 
they weigh it on a big scale. There's these giant grain scales everywhere around here. And they print out a little ticket so you can know how much weight. Because weird. Wood is sold here by weight. Other things that you wouldn't think of would be sold by weight and would be sold by volume, like olive oil. Olive oils, when you go to the front oil, when you go to the, the olive oil presses, you buy the olive oil by the kilo, mm-hmm. not by the liter, which has always seemed odd to I me. totally agree. <laughs> there's other things. You are just <laughs> Sorry, I have a frog in my throat. Um, there's other... Th- I try to cough out of the microphone. There's other things here that you would buy by weight and not by length. For instance, like tubing for the garden. You don't buy, give me 10 meters. Yeah, they'll measure out 10 meters, but then when you go to pay for it, they weigh it. Same with the tarp. Tarp is weighed. And same with nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. Well, mm-hmm. that I understand. But here, it's so weird. When you, Gachi's the same way too. To me, if you need a number 10 screws, just go get a box of number 10 screws, right? Yeah. There's whatever, 100 in there. I know I only need, you know, 38, but just give me the 100. No, here you'll go to the hardware store and say, may I have 42 number 10 screws? And they'll count them out. And it's like, oh, I don't have time for that. Give me the box. Just give me the box. Um, I don't know what how I got off on that rant. Me neither. But we were talking about the wood. Yeah, so wood is delivered. I don't. I think we're short. And then every time I call the guy, <laughs> it's, oh, I have to check. I don't well, know you what were the feeling, is. You were feeling manly because he thought he restacked a hundred quintale of wood in two and, afternoons yeah. and he was like i'm getting good at this <laughs> and, and gaji like, comes over and takes one look at it he goes did you measure this i go what do you mean measure he goes well we can get a general idea of how much weight is here by how much volume you know more or less I'm like, no. So we measure it all, and it's only half of what it's supposed to be. Oh, my God. Um, other updates that people were curious about was the Fushiani situation with us staying here longer. Oh, yeah. We kind of left. We kind of just blew uh, past. We kind of just didn't really talk about that because I don't know why. But um, so we talked all summer long about looking for a new place, looking for a new place. We're looking and for a new Fushiani place. And that Fushiani was ready to have his um, niece and nephew and the younger generation take over. Which is which was still true, and we did. We were we told we told and Fushizar is the landlord of Kakamone. We told him that you know we're we're out of here at the end of the year because our contract is up and blah 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 blah. Well, we looked for literally a year and a half. No. Yes. We looked for this in this whole province. Now we want to stay in this province for couple of reasons one we love it and number two we're we are applying for our um citizenship yes we talked about okay, all yeah, of yeah, this yeah, okay, so. fast forward to fushiani <laughs> so if we fast forward to fushiani we had to go back to him and say um can we stay <laughs> we, we we looked around in the grass i think it goes back to our american we're we have a very american mentality in the sense of you know we feel like we have to move around mm-hmm. i don't know i was born in New York, grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, went to school in We're Seattle. We're ramblers. We ramble. To New- yeah, like cross country. And it feels like every seven or eight years we have to do something different. Switch it up. Or switch it up or do something. And maybe it was just that we felt like, well, it's time to move on. And um, we looked around and we... We love it here. We don't have it that bad. No, um, we love it. You know, Gaji always sit, will sit down to dinner sometimes and Gaji will stop to so go, Ragazzi, who has it better than us? Mm-hmm. And it's true. I didn't realize that this place, there's something about this place. It, with all of her, 
you know, Kakamone with all its faults and the things that drive me crazy and the crappy doors. <laughs> or and the, the things falling apart at times. Yeah. Um, it's there's something about it here. It's kind of I hate to say the word. Ma- it's magical. No, but, but it's home for us, and it feels right. It and does. So and why nothing is better? I I looked for a year and a half. I saw everything. I in we saw everything that was on the market and things that we kind of dug up ourselves and we didn't see anything better. No. So like we said before, we're going to take this winter and kind of reinvest in the house. And that's why we're doing the kitchen and all of that. But when we went to talk to Fushiani, um, it ended up that his situation had changed as well. The reality was that the kids were not interested in taking over the property and he was going to end up having a friend from a um, kind of just come and stay at the house and see what happened. (laughs) And it was like, so when we came to him, he was more than willing to have us stay. And he said, it's better for him also. So I think he, it was a hard realization for him, but, um, the timing was right again for us to stay. So it just totally worked out. So all, (laughs) So this puts us in an interesting, in me in an interesting situation because the, the little thing, you know, every year there's little maintenance things. And since we thought we were leaving, it was like last year. It was like, eh, whatever. Where this is it, last year. The year before we thought we were moving and selling the business. So eh, we're not having to do anything because we're not even going to be here. Well, it all, it's all catching up <laughs> with you. So it's all catching it's all up. It's all coming back. So this, uh, this is what we're going to do on the off season. We're not really going anywhere. We're going to do all the little fixes and some big projects as well, starting with uh, the kitchen, which is not yet torn out. No. Yet. Little behind, little behind. I'm sure some people are cracking up right now. Yeah. <laughs> One week, no problem. So we haven't really, st- we, we are not yet finished gathering everything yet. I didn't want to rip out our kitchen until everything was sitting here waiting to be put back. Now we do have a luxury that most people do not have when they're ripping apart their kitchen or doing work on their house. We live at an inn with apartments. So we can go upstairs and just use one of the other kitchens. So it's not like we're completely out of a kitchen during this time or whatnot, but we want to wait for the big stove oven to arrive before we rip everything out because that's really when you start going backwards and the clock starts ticking. So Jason's been um, diligently uh, like such a good housewife (laughs) filling the fridge full of food. So once this uh, project begins, we're fully stocked and we don't have to worry about too much cooking. No, but so yeah, I cooked all day yesterday. I, I got plenty of stuff in the, all right, we're good. Battery change. Where were we? The kitchen. (laughs) We'll along with this kitchen story, um, we did something we would never, ever, ever have done before. We went to a Black Friday sale. And oh, this yeah. is something new here in Italy. It was for um, Ikea and part of the kitchen. Ikea. Um, but this is, we have been here for 10 years now. We have not ever. Last year it started a little bit talking about Black Friday. It really has come because of Amazon. I think you're right. It's crazy On the radio, on TV, on the news, everyone's talking and they don't call it, um, they don't translate No, 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 no. Black, it's Black Black Friday Friday sale. sale. (laughs) It's like, what? Everywhere. Small businesses, big businesses. It was just 
It was like the catchphrase really of the weekend. And then on a side silly note, when we were talking to Jason's um, brother about Black Friday sales and if there was any good YouTube videos, he was like, I think it's kind of ending. And I thought, classic. Italy picks up on everything 10 years or what, too late, and even Black Friday sales. <laughs> they, they come up with this new idea, this yes, Friday, right. right, as America's like, I think we should end it. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't, I mean, it's just a sales gimmick. It wasn't like there were people lined up at the store. No, it no. Was it wasn't even big, even that no. big of sales and things like that, at least where we were. But um, So we, we got, we have the kitchen. Um, and we use the caddy to its full extent, oh, folks. Yeah, our new van. Oh, my we, God. We filled that ever up. It was, <laughs> Jason had to get the racks for the roof because we didn't opt for that when we got the car, which was a stupid option because then it was a pain in the ass to find and he had to get them through Germany and all of this. And then the blonde German chick in the videos lied because she made it seem like it takes 15 minutes and she doesn't even mess up her hair. Well, it took Jason an hours <laughs> like half a day and he was pissed the hot, german, was... The, the hot german girl on the youtube video to show you how to do it it she just she just screws it right it, in i was like why where's the part where you have to use that black stuff that's all over your hands and he goes oh sh- they don't show that in the video <laughs> anyway we filled the car up and so we have pretty much everything like you said we've got to get the tiles we're missing the tile and we're waiting for the stove and oven to be mm-hmm. delivered and uh, then we can then we can start ripping it out. We're gonna save the lighting to figure out after the electric. We're basically know what we want and where we want it, and the um, the uh, lighting will wait until we're through this project and, and see and see. But I'm getting pretty excited. So that's coming up this weekend or this week. Sorry. Um, tomorrow we're going out to get the last of it, and then Wednesday it all starts coming out. So that's a full week later than I thought it would actually be, but. Say lovey. Say lovey. We keep going. What else is going on? Uh, we did rot. We did ride. Oh my last gosh, week. this week. So we we. <laughs> I think we talked a little about it at this before, but long story short, uh, we were asked to be interviewed on Rye the. Ride Telejournale, the, yeah, the, the local, new, local, local news. Local news. And um, <laughs> in it, we said fine. But and not to sound like well, we're... Don't, don't, no, don't, no, no, no. I, that's what I was going to say. Not to sound um, uninterested or unthankful. I don't want to be on... I don't Jason's wanna, not interested. I'm not interested in being on television. But we are interested in getting our road fixed. So that was our kind of caveat. We'll do the kind of cheesy news clip about the Americans in Italy. Um, but... You've got to mention the road because we need to get this road fixed. Well, sure enough, that was approved and um, by the news channel, whatever. And they came out, and it was actually a really nice day. And Lorenzo Luzzi, the journalist and brother of um, Antonio from Maki Gelateria, um, he was fantastic. And the cameraman ended up that he was from Sant'Angelo in Vado, the town we're technically in. And his mother-in-law is... Ida, the little lady who lives at the end of our road, and oh, Ida! Of she well, it's Ida. that he knows Gaji so well. So he was like, "How's Gaji doing?" I was like, "Oh my god!" Ida's actually been in a couple of your videos, yeah, and she's been in one of the perennial plate videos. Yes, too. making the pasta. Um, so it was really cool to uh, have this kind of connection with these guys, and that what was supposed to be a quick two-hour interview oh, yeah we filming, had lunch together and... uh, for an eight minute segment they stayed all day lunch went down to the garden collected stuff 
And we had a great time. And I am really curious to see, except for our horrible Italian, I hope. I don't think it's a good sign when he says they're going to use Sotototitoli. He said most of it will be narrated. However. And I also. That's what I was going to say. So then they wanted to come back the next day. He was like, this is just so good. And he liked the dichotomy of us being from the city, coming to the countryside as foreigners. Whereas all of these Italians our age are leaving the countryside, going to the cities or leaving, going abroad. Um leaving Italy and how, what made us want to come and all of that. And, uh, then he was like, Oh, we've got to come back and get Jason cooking. And we knew Thanksgiving was on its way. And I don't know. We we said, well, all right. How about pumpkin? I don't even know how it came came out. Well, what do you want? Do you want my excuses or do you want just, so let's first go. Hold on. Should I start the excuse train rolling? Sure. Okay. Well, I wasn't start the excuses. (laughs) Then we'll say what happened. No, I, I fucked it up. Big time. Like, <laughs> this pumpkin pie, first of all, it was, we finished late in the afternoon the night, the day before, and it was like, all right, let's make pumpkin pie, and we'll be back here in 10 in the morning. It was like, all right, I have everything around here for it. And we didn't really think they were going to do it. These I, are Italians. I thought, oh, he'll come in two days, yeah, or he, it won't happen kinda, at all. Oh, that's what it was. He said he was going to come in the evening, and he actually came at 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's like, fine, I can throw a pumpkin pie together. It's not that big of a deal. Well, I didn't know he wanted... Well, I should have figured. I'm, it's my, another excuse. I didn't know. Of course you know. Of course he's going to want to see the finished product at the end. Well, I had a bunch of stuff to do that day. So I didn't have an hour and a half to sit there with to, and like hang out while this pumpkin pie cooks. So what I said is, all right, well, let's just throw it in and I'll throw it on like... 250 degrees, like 450, and just try to cook the top so that when I pull it out, it looks like, ah, cooked pumpkin pie, but the middle will be water. Because the cameraman was like, um, film Jason doing the whole process, and then goes, all right, well, where's the, Jason puts it in the oven, and he says, all right, well, where's the finished one? And we were like, what? We don't have a finished one. We forgot about the magic of television. Uh, I should have, I should have made it. I I know. We've got uh, another excuse. I got a million (laughs) things going on right now because we're trying to redo the kitchen. I got this going. I got um, other things that are just going on. So So that's when we're like, well, do you want, he's like, I want the shot of the pie coming out of the oven. And it was like, all right, well, here's what we can do then. We'll blast off. We'll blast it in the oven for 20 minutes and see what happens. And maybe we can get it coming out and it'll look you know, brown. Well, okay. Well we do that and that starts to work and it's like, all right, fine. And it's taking a little longer still, but all right, we're looking good. And then, and then he goes, we pull it out and Jason's like, all right, this is, it looks good. This, we can do this shot. And then he says, but now I want you to cut it open and take out a perfect it. slice and eat it. And we're it's like, like Wait, well, no. And then it has to cool. Like, Wait, you... Not only that, you did the blast off to make the crust on the top. Or the, the not the crust, but a nice top color and all that. But the inside is not cooked. No, it's totally raw. So it's like, all right. <laughs> oh so God. I lower the temperature and let it keep going. And, of course, now the crust burns to shit. And it's just... The mean, in the meantime, Gaji and one of his buddies, Claudio, has come by like they do. 90 nine times out of 10 every day, um, for coffee <laughs> and, um, before and after hunting and Gaji is enthralled, not only cause he knows this cameraman, like I m- mentioned before, but he loves the camera and <laughs> he's, he is chatting everything up and then he starts putting in his two cents. And so Gaji's watching this whole thing and the whole time talking shit about pumpkin pie continue. So it comes out, it looks like 
I, w- it just looks horrible. It, it looks horrible. Looks I, horrible. You, you would look at this pie and you'd be like, no thanks. I'm, and not, I'm good. Not only no thanks, why, don't photograph it, film it, or put it on the news. And this guy's got <laughs> this giant film, this giant news camera stuck right in, like, like 12, 12 inches from this pie. And I'm like, oh my God, please don't. Oh my God. This looks like, oh, Billy. I know. Job. Thank you. Like, when your you're like 12-year-old makes you something, you have to eat it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so then he... Gaji jumps up and is like, well, if we can't cut into it, let's just come over and eat some pieces off the top of it. So it looks like we're enjoying it. So Gaji's dying because he's dying to get into the video because he was told stay stick around for the, the pie scene at the end. He wants to be on the news. He wants to be on the news. And the whole time this is um, cooking uh, and we're sitting here, Gaji's just grilling the cameraman. So what time, what, when is this going to be on? This what, week, next how, week. How many minutes? How, how many minutes? So what time will it air? Oh, it's going to be Tuesday. Okay. What time? It's going to be a couple times. Okay. I'm just going to, so Tuesday all day. Tuesday all day. Which means. He wants to know about what the composition of the piece will be. Mm-hmm. How many minutes are going to be devoted to each thing. Yes. So then he jumps in at the end and exactly. The camera's right in his face and he puts on the acting hat like i've never seen he takes his bite and with the fork like a musician like a maestro what is that called a conductor he waves the fork around in the air and oh wafts it all so the smells to his face and starts saying how it's so delicious and and a real chef has to taste the food before he gives it out and all of this he hammed it up it was hysterical so, i've never done i've never I've flopped flopped like grande that. flop I've jason grande that. flop I've never done that well good you did it for the news awesome well, well lorenzo uh, hope, g- hope you're good with the old edit machine there Lorenzo. Oh see if you can edit it around that <laughs> oh my gosh uh, so it was a busy week though with the dog with the, the filming working on some other side projects i'm not our lips are legally sealed, and then the, getting the house ready and the shopping for that. Even uh, imi- though it was Thanksgiving and immigration, they finally accepted uh, my documents. Oh my I'm gosh! So excited. They did. They, so uh, we talked about a couple times ago. A uh, couple the costs the and costs all the time and, and, and all, all the time, that. and and do, uh, they're not going to accept the our uh, criminal history reports because the date is they write here in Italy um, the the day, the month, the year. So it'd be like today would be um, 27, 11. 11, 2017. In America, we do it differently. So when they look at it, they think it's it's the, a different date. Um, so that finally got worked out, thank goodness. Um, now we got our date, which is mid-April. Yes. Our date. We don't go- even know what that means. Yeah, we don't know what that means. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to be furbo, and we have to go to Pesaro to get these tiles tomorrow. And so, Pesaro is the same place we have this meeting. With this meeting. So we're going to walk into the office like we're... Like just, a shit don't stink. Yeah, like our shit I don't, don't know. stink. <laughs> and just ask, can we get a, can we get a, a meet, uh, can we get a, a date in like January? Yeah. Please. <laughs> per favor. I mean, what, what's the worst they could say? No, get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, I just, uh, waiting till April, because here's what's going to happen. Here's, I know what's going to happen. We're going to have this date in April, mid-April. That is right when our season is beginning. It, then we will have to do a mad scramble to produce documents. Whatever, who knows? Whatever, what, whatever they're, they're going to request is going to have to be done within 30 days. Those, that is the beginning of our season. I don't have thir- I don't have time. So what I would like for to happen is right after the new year I'd like to have Oh, that's 
that's what I you would better, like. That for, would be for me. For me, <laughs> this would be better. So why not? I'm just going to go in there and ask, and, and hopefully we'll, Ashley will charm him with our bad Italian and, and booby smi- shirts and big smile, <laughs> big boobs. <laughs> oh yeah, is it going to be a guy? Is it going to be a man or a woman? We got. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Doesn't oh my matter. god. Uh, so that's going to go. That's going on tomorrow. Um, <sighs> Facebook. We're going to do another Facebook thing. Oh, yeah, we did um, a Thanksgiving Facebook um, little quickie cooking tip on tips, tricks, hacks. And, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> well, the, one of the last podcasts we talked about, one of Jason's least favorite words, yummy. Yum, yummers, yum, yum, um, used by adults. And I have to say, the amount of emails, comments on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you guys crack me up when you put um uh, wouldn't want to use yum or don't open jason or or then you start writing yummers it just it's our like inside joke i don't know i love it so uh, other words he yeah, hates are not, hacks hacks tips tricks, tricks um secrets secrets uh, of the kitchen <laughs> not as much in my but my i wouldn't use the word hate my, only only hatred is for the word yummy, yummy and yummers yeah. well well we did one of those videos and on how to make Mashed potatoes. Uh, uh, potatoes. Which sounds really... Go watch it. It's, it's It sounds simple, and it is. But we just... I use a... Um, I, let, I cook the potatoes and then peel them, and while they're hot, pass them through the food mill instead of mashing them with the traditional masher. And it makes them smooth and delicious. Very creamy. Uh, so we're going to do another Facebook Live video coming up in December with our Christmas gift list. Not for us, but what we would suggest you to give others... For the kitchen or country living or Italian-themed. Yeah. So a little bit of everything. Nothing crazy. Some small stuff up to really nice things. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that'll be a fun one. I think so, too. Oh, it'll be so much fun. Oh, it'll no be way. full of holiday cheer. Speaking of holiday cheer, we are full blast in it. And I'm loving every minute of it. And I want to take a trip to Gubbio. Yeah. Because that's only like 45 mm-hmm. minutes from us. Gubbio took the... the well, mount- t- first, yeah, where is Gubbio? Yeah, Gubbio is 45 minutes. It's in Umbria. Um, it's, it's in the wall of the Apiani Mountains. Yeah, it's really a nice place. And a lot of people, if they're staying here, will take a day trip mm-hmm. to Gubbio. Um, instead of go, you go inland instead of to the coast, Stefano. Um, they have taken a whole hillside that overlooks the town and turned it into a giant, like, outline of a Christmas tree with lights. Giant light, like big... I, lamps. Lamps, yeah. Not lights. Lamps. And um, go on, go just type in Gubbio um, Christmas tree lamps and, and you'll see it's really, really cool. I want to mm-hmm. go see it. Thousands. Mm-hmm. I do. That's not a far trip and that'll be fun. Um, this year, since we're sticking around, I normally Ashley wants to start all the Christmas stuff like, like really early. Well, I'm well, I always get one Christmas song on my birthday at the end of October. Yeah, and then I have to hold it in because she'll go, she'll go nuts. But this year, it's like you know what? We're sticking around. We're gonna do all this stuff. Screw it. Let's start doing the whole Holly Jolly thing early. And we started early pre Thanksgiving. Uh, no, Ashley, the last <laughs> guests were here at the end of no, sorry, the beginning of November by. Before the 15th, you had a tree. We had all the lights up. We were holly so. jolly in so. it. We are very holly jolly. Um, yes, like I said, I'm really loving it. We, I was even looking at, and if anyone has any suggestions, um, if we're able to get this kitchen done, then maybe take two or three nights and go up to the Alps, um, either in Italy or in Austria. And I want to go on a sleigh ride. I think it would be really fun. I hope there's snow. But... Um, yeah, yeah, it snowed this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
Which uh, we got a little dusting of in the around the uh, here in the valley. The tops of all the the hills have a little dusting of snow. It's it, the uh, it, we didn't get we got a mix. This snow morning. was coming yeah, more than halfway down Monte Neroni. Yeah, it did. Mm. Neroni. Neroni. Um, which uh, December means that it is time to make capoletti. That's another reason we have to get this kitchen. Is is that the Seriously. theme of this? The kitchen. This this, <laughs> this podcast is this kitchen. Um, capoletti. Every year we get together with um, Gaggi and Rosana, and sometimes the. Um, the, Some of the neighbors. The neighbors down the road, and we make a bunch of capoletti. Capoletti means our little hats. And these, think of tortellini, but about a third of half the size. They're traditionally served in brodo or broth, and it's like a country version of dumpling, if you think, uh, if you think of, about it. Um, you can also um, use them as a pasta with sauce, but uh, my favorite way is definitely capoletti and brodo. And we get together in December and make a bunch of them and throw them in the freezer for Christmas and New Year's and throughout the winter. But. And it was funny because Gaji yesterday, whatever, it was the 26th of November, and uh, we were giving him some eggs because, we, like we said, we were watching the, the neighbor's house and chickens and all that, plus our own. And so we are egg rich right now, these days <laughs> and for two people. And so we were giving Gaji and his buddy some eggs. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you counting for Capoletti? <laughs> it's like, yes. It's like they make, we get eight or ten eggs a day. We can, we'll have enough for Capoletti. But it was the first time he mentioned, like, start stockpiling those eggs for Capoletti. So how many eggs of, so... Um, normally what you figure is one egg per person uh, for tagliatelle. I don't know if that's true for capoletti I'm as not well. sure. But, um, I just know it's 30 capoletti per plate for Rosanna. Rosanna <laughs> counts the damn capoletti. Um, but uh, normally we'll make about 50 eggs worth of pasta, which is a ton. Mm. It's like a big basketball of pasta. That's why he's asking about the eggs. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, we'll start collecting them. I think we'll, we'll, this should be done in a week. Exactly. It should be done in a week. Exactly. So no problem, right? Yeah. It's just, just we'll throw it up. Um, oh, Fushiani uh, new cheese. Oh, speaking of good things and the north this is the thing that's is great about italy is all over italy you get different cured meats aged cheeses pastas are different but the hard thing when we live here is that you start to become a homer meaning you love where you're from now and what you not you get to know really really Wow. Well, what is right around you? If you ask me about any of the cheeses right here or wines of our Peso Rubino, Northern Lamarque, we can give you a ton of information and details and great suggestions. You people get us, who make it. People who make it will take you there. Mm-hmm. You get us out of our zone and we're freaking lost. You, I go up to a market in Bologna or Trentino. I don't know what the different cheeses are. I feel so Italian. Like, well, how would I know? How would I know? <laughs> um, every once in a while, Fouche will have something different. And I don't know how he gets it. Or sometimes he takes his, when he goes on vacation, he'll trade another guy who does what he does, sells salami and, and artisanal salamis and cheese and trade, like trade stuff. Uh, the other day, he had this cheese. It's like old time fur traders. Totally. And stuff. <laughs> the other day, he had this cheese called uh, Puzzone di Moen, Moena. Puzzone di Moena, and it's from it's a cow's milk cheese, and it's puzzone, so it they, it stinks. It stinks a little. It's good. it is good, and um, this cheese melts, and none of our cheeses, because our cheeses are all pecorino or sh- uh, sheep's milk cheese, they don't melt very well, and Cow- they don't stink, and they don't stink. Cow's milk cheese melts, and this one does stink, and it's um, bigger wheels, and it's from the it's Trentino up in the Alps. 
or near, at the base of the Alps, um, but just so different. And it made us want to go up there and mm-hmm. see what else they got going on. So then I was thinking, yes, exactly. If we go up to go for our sleigh ride, let's get some cheeses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll have to do a little research. Well, it's, it's like um, last spring we went to Puglia. We went down to uh, Monopoly. And where's the spur? What's What was the name of the town in the spur? Gargano. Gargano to get the uh, Cacciacavallo because, again, someone gave us a, a, a wheel a form of Cacciacavallo a couple of years ago. And it was like, this cheese is amazing. What is this? Oh, my God. Where's it from? None of this stuff's far. You hop in the car five hours and you can mm. go and just buy it from where what they was that make it. Stinky ricotta tree. So used to bring us. I don't know. That was from down her. Um, that ricotta was like salada. Stra- yes, yeah, so, I think salada? so. I don't know. It was down. It was down from uh, Martina Franca. Martina Franca down in Puglia. Franca. Well. Martina Franca. <laughs> um, but what we have to get. I think we have to get out more. Like get out of our area. <laughs> no, more that's what and, I mean. We become go, such homers. Go get this stuff, mm-hmm. um, or research, you know, research it a little bit, or. Look around. Well, no, use a winter like this and go collect some of these different things from yeah, different parts. Yeah, we don't parts. travel in Italy enough. Well, now we got the caddy, baby. Yeah, Four-wheel yeah, drive. Caddy. We should. Mm-hmm. We should. Oh. Uh, speaking of the caddy uh, and tying stuff, it made me think of tying stuff up. And the other day, holy crap. So we're getting done <laughs> stacking up all the wood and we're covering it up because the rain was coming on um, yesterday, Sunday. Wait, I have to stop on a side thing. We, Jason and I were doing this. Gaju was going to come over at like two or three to plant seeds before the rain. We were starving. We need to get this work done before the rain for covering in the wood. So Jason's chopping wood. I'm stacking it into the car. And Gaju shows up way early, watches, and then just... Not rips it out. Jason obviously like kind of gives it to him too. Gaji, he's the senior. He has to take over the axe chopping. So, yeah. <laughs> it so, was just so funny though. So got, we all cut wood for the, uh-huh. in the half hour. We get it stacked up. We get the tarp over the top. And he's like, oh, we got to tie it down. It's like, well, we got big pieces of wood on top. I don't want to tie it. I gave you all that nylon rope. <laughs> this so, is like grandpa oh, style. This is such, oh. So I go down and get this nylon rope. Now, this is like farmer's nylon rope, what they'd use to like tie up um, hay bales or something like that. But it's not one continuous piece. It's not a piece of rope that's 20 meters long. No, and no. it's already previously very well used. Oh, this is 100 years old. <laughs> this, is, uh, this rope is 100 years old. What this is, is this is various lengths of pieces of nylon rope, anywhere from 20 centimeters to a couple of meters long, that are then all tied together. So there's not, it looks like if you were escaping from jail back in, you know, in a cartoon, you'd tie up all your sheets. Collecting the sheets are like these little pieces of. Yeah, um... you'd tie up all the sheets so it'd have all the knots, you know, and you'd throw it over the side and you'd climb down. This is what this rope looked like. So even though it was rolled up properly, when you go to try to unravel it, because there's all these knots. And it's very frayed and it's very frayed it was a it was a we spent 30 freaking minutes jason it was much more than that you guys were working on it i took the dog for a half an hour walk came back and you guys were barely finishing it and so he w- <laughs> at the end of this as we're so like, we wanted to undo so every we, so we had to undo everything this because, is like the griswold like know, check the lights, check the lights. <laughs> it was like we had, and this is like 50 100 meters of rope like it's it's huge uh, it's this big bundle of it, and it's he's like, ah, we gotta undo it all, and because what are you gonna do? And uh, so we start undoing it, and three quarters of the way through, I'm like, doctor, how much do you think this is a, a meter? He goes, I don't know, probably not that much. I'm like, what are we doing? Are we looking at ten euros of of rope? Are we looking at ten euros of rope? Not even. No, 
We're not. Because you could probably get 500 meters for 50 bucks in a, in a box from the, the, um, the agricultural supply store. Mm-hmm. This is what all the farmers have in their tr- – it's – what are we doing? goes, ah, oh, that's the difference between you. You love to spend waste money. I love to save it. And I don't – it's a difference of mentality. To me, that is a waste of time not you're you're wasting your time to him it's saving money but it's not it's not even saving money it's a generational thing it's him and my grandpa like this is it's usable so why not but it's not usable I because know. it's uh, what and it's also they're both old men with nothing better to do i think that's a huge part of it okay, too okay so where who's not who's right but do i change my point of view to me, that is, we just wasted 45. Now, we're, sp- we're not. Oh, we, we're you not- definitely wasted the time. It was quality time together. Yes. But so in those situations, you just go with it. But do I continue this you- kind of mentality going as, for- as, a, as a practice personally going forward that this man doesn't throw out shit? We cleaned out. I have all these old bicycles <laughs> that were just rusted to nothing and a um, bike carrier. If you know anything bicycles. about Gaji, he hates bicyclists and anyone who hates like- <laughs> bicyclists. I go to, I go, who can I donate these to? He goes, donate shit. Bring them over to my house. He throws them in his, in his like barn area. I go, what are you going to do with those? He goes, oh, those are good trading tools. <laughs> he will take those and trade them for he other is things. a cardiologist with multiple homes and cars, but he's he looking to trade rusty bikes. Rusty bikes for scrap metal, probably. God, God, who, who knows? So do I change my mentality and become more of this idea of you don't throw anything out, and even if it takes... It's not about the saving the buck. It's about throwing out something that still has life in it. But this doesn't have life because we just spent more time than it's worth. Of your life. Of my life. <laughs> and it's still frayed. Like, of course, when we, go, when we finally undid it all and um, then tied up the wood, as soon as you put any pull onto it, the rope breaks. <laughs> So we just put one more tie into it, right? Yep. Well, not to mention, grab that old uh, blue tarp that was destined for the garbage that he had. I that was that disintegrated. I haven't even gone into that. <laughs> he couldn't let that go. You, he is like my grandpa. Also, you must, if you were planning to get rid of it, get rid of it before he well, gets yeah, here. Well, yeah, I screwed up. He cannot see it. I left it out. That's oh boy, my God, that's good tarp. That's good tarp, boy. <laughs> like, um, I left it out, so that was my bad. So now I finally got rid of the ugly blue tarp. We don't have to look at it anymore. Well, no. Back up. <laughs> no. Back up. Back up. Uh, not so fast. Um, so that's a good, maybe that's a good, that's a good um, question to throw out to those of you who are still, mm. the dozens of you still listening to this. Is this a thing that we should bring back, this kind of mentality that you don't throw anything out, even if it takes longer and is not efficient? As, or is this new idea of, well, that's, you throw it out and you buy new because we live in this life, in this world where everything's gotten cheap and it doesn't matter and it's all from China and it just goes into the ocean and some seal eats it and whatever. <laughs> it's a good question. I'm sure it's a bit of balance between the two like everything else, but we definitely live deep amongst that old that school. That idea, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's nice to still see it too. But then you like Luke. Luke is a good example, our Dutch neighbor, because I think he lives a bit more balanced version of that. Certain things he would definitely keep that are a value and that uh, help whatever your tools and things like that. And then something like the rope. I don't know. 
But he's old school too. Oh God, who knows how much rope's hidden away in these old farmhouses <laughs> out here? Now I can't stop thinking about it. All right, switching gears a little bit. Something has caught the eye of Ashley, who's constantly online and does all the marketing. So that's actually her job. Um, <laughs> I did. I well, I, I say that because her face went from smiling. Oh no, to, I was I was going to have you pull it up. Oh, um, lately we've been getting offers to be. Um, be on, on these new online magazines popping up. I'll let you talk about it because you've seen it more. I'm going to yeah. make coffee. No, I want you to pull it up so I can um, read the email. So I got an email the other that just this morning, in fact, and had some name that I didn't recognize. Well, why would I? But the subject line said reservations. And then when you go to read, it is full on a form letter and not even good morning, Ashley or La Tabla Market. It says, good morning. We selected your accommodation for a promotional offer in our newest online magazine, Extra Italy Magazine. Extra spelled with an X. This is so stupid. Um, As you'll discover when reading our magazine, we bring articles about tourism in each region of Italy and guide our readers where to stay, eat, and shop. As a promotional offer for your start, we offer you an exclusive article in Extra Italy Magazine. Free exclusive article in Extra Traveler Magazine and then online for one year. I don't even know what that means. What is online for one year? Yes, we offer you an exclusive article in two magazines for 45 euro only. The normal rate of 195 euro when confirmed before the 1st of December. So what the hell? Why am I paying up to 195 euro to be written about as an article? Articles are not to be paid for. This is called a promotion or an advertisement. I do not understand. This is not the first. This is just the one that's in front of me. My absolute favorite one comes from a magazine that I forget exactly what the title is. It's like some sustainable douchebag magazine. And, um, really hip and uh, they said a thing <laughs> saying how they wanted to cover us in their uh you know for some travel in Italy um excerpt or feature they were doing and it was only going to be 200 and some euro and blah 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 and it was like wait a second you're saying that you are a um ethical and sustainable magazine what the F? Why are you charging me to be featured in this article? That is, how is that not an advertisement? It is. I think you're just, you're freaked. You're like, it just, it upsets me because I don't think people understand what they're well, that's reading. The, that's the thing. I don't, that's what upsets me because when you're, I used to love magazines <laughs> and I was a magazine total. I just, oh my gosh, I loved it. Having them around, flipping through, ripping out magazine articles for things to shop or places to travel and save it for later. And to think that, I don't know, it's pay to play, baby. It's pay to freaking play. Where's the, well, co- where's think- the cocaine? <laughs> All right, first, first off, let's go back to the beginning of your rant. All I heard at it, from the other side of the room was sustainable douchebag. <laughs> You like the, the magazine, <laughs> Sustainable Douchebag Magazine, uh-huh. um, and I think that I'm not sh- I'm not shocked about this at all. I figured to look at how newspapers and magazines have been going under, like big named ones. How else would you expect them to keep the lights on? I don't know, but for people listening, I think that they should realize that you got to 
just like when you read a newspaper, you got to understand where is this coming from, what point of view. When you l- go and look at this one of this magazine, they say, oh, the 10 best blah, blah, blah of the year. Look under and see if it says sponsored post. Sponsored or- post or where is this coming from or does this is this just blatant advertising? It is. Ah, well, and we do not subscribe to that uh, method of promotion. So that's part of what frustrates me as well, because a good editorial is fantastic and it helps tremendously. But something like this is just, yeah, just a pay to be put on your top 10 list. I hate it. Yuck. All right, it's time to wrap this bad boy up. Is it? Yeah, we've been all over. This has been an all over the place podcast. Well, I've ma- I bet it makes for a great podcast. Oh, my God. Oh, and it's Cyber Monday. Is there any shopping you're going to do? Speaking of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. You know how much money we spent this weekend on Oh, this way crap? too much. We but what, not I, I was coming back around else. on something. For someone who says he doesn't like the internet or the shopping that we do online, Gaji knew all about Black Friday and <laughs> was asking all about the sales. And that was one of those key factors. Oh my God. If this old man is talking about Black Friday. Then yeah, it's out there. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he, he, uh, he only reads the uh, Il Giornale, the super Berlusconi right-wing paper, and watches news. <laughs> they always think that it's a mistake if Jason or I go and pick up the newspaper for him because <laughs> they're like, wait, what? Are you sure? Or then, like, I went to the little one in Piobico twice the other day for Gaji, two different days in a row, and I never go and pick up the paper ever, let alone Il Giornale. And when I went walked back in, she handed it to me right away, and she was like, yes? And I said, I immediately, it was like, uh, I go, uh, it's not for me. It's for my neighbor. It's, it's, it's our neighbor. He wants the paper. <laughs> well, let's explain, because it's not like going in and picking up the New York Times. No. It's... Il Giornale is like the Berlusconi right wing. Um, you're, you love uh, Il Duce. Like you, you wave that flag. Wave, um, it is that, old school. It's old school. So for someone like us to walk in there and ask for this paper is kind of like, huh? What? What? <laughs> you're young and foreign. Why would you pick this up? <laughs> um, yeah, I always get a sideways look for uh, if it's a new person working in the Giornale. <laughs> all right well are we hitting it what how what are we clocking in at just out of curiosity i have no idea because we broke our bat the battery oh, that's right halfway so i have no idea but okay uh we're gonna wrap it up and um we you are also gonna read yes i will i'll read another chapter, chapter. All right, very good. Bring it home. Moving on to chapter 12. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast from Italy. And check us out at our farm and in cooking school, La Tavola Marche, located here in lovely La Marche, outside of Piobico. Check out um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. <laughs> you can find us at L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And stay tuned for Facebook for those videos of our Christmas list. And then we'll be sharing the demo of the kitchen as it goes on as well. Um, stay- Demolition, not like kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And shoot us an email or book a holiday at our cooking school. Oh, and we're doing a ton of these awesome Move to Italy workshops next year. So if you're interested in moving to Italy but don't know where to begin... Dive head first with us. All right. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And it's time for chapter 12 of the book. Chapter 12, an Easter feast. Le nonne, the grandmas, are busy baking Crescia di Pasqua, a local Marche Easter bread, in two types, sweet, dolce, and more common, savory, brusca. Wednesday morning, I was invited to our neighbor Pia's house, another two kilometers down the road. 
old school Italian tough stock, the real deal farming, cooking, baking legend, Pia is plump, like a grandma should be, with a heavy hand knit sweater, with a heavy hand knit sweater that has seen better days, circa 1983. She never falters from the traditional snow way of living. With the recipe or remedy for everything, Pia is a highly respected, endless source resource for us. Gaji teases that Pia is more of a man than he could ever be, but it's really out of jealousy. He sees her as an equal counterpart when it comes to all things Nella Campagna of the country. He will always reference her when discussing raising chickens, baking bread, making wine, and even basket weaving. Jason says that if we were ever stranded in the woods, he'd want Pia by his side. With only a pocket knife, she can start a fire, forage for wild edibles, and probably even kill a boar. She's a distant relative of Fushiani. My God, how many of them are there? And lives another few kilometers down the road from us, even deeper into the woods with Ida, one of the smallest ladies I've ever met, aside from Jason's grandma. Ida is adorable and so teeny tiny. I feel like I need to get on my knees to make eye contact. With a squeaky voice and a sweet giggle, she holds your hand in excitement as she talks about how fresh the eggs are, reminding me of a child seeing joy in such little things that are part of everyday life. Pia and Ida live with their husbands, Manko and Olavio, who are brothers. The four of them have weathered many storms together in that big old farmhouse for over 40 years. Well, this was more than just a stop and chat. It was to marvel at the 50-plus loaves of Easter bread these two ladies had rising about the house using over 200 eggs and about six kilos of cheese. The most incredible and hysterical scene was in the bedroom. Rosanna, Gabji's wife, and Pia gently pulled back the bed covers to reveal the special dulce sweet bread, snuggled up, wrapped tightly under layers of blankets, including an electric blanket, in their bed kept warm safe and sound to slowly rise piano piano pia laughs as she recovers the bread and says it's much easier these days before electric blankets we used coals from the fire i love this step back in time without any modern day convenience it matters not if it's 1920 or 2020 they're doing the exact same way I'm shocked not to see their children learning these and continuing these traditions side by side and inquire, where are, where are they? And the answer was Nelechita, in the city. Pia barely answers the question, just the vague location of in the city, whichever city that may be. You can tell by her answer she is resigned to the fact that they live away from home, Piobico, more than 10 kilometers, or at least more than 10 kilometers circumference from Piobico. Lots of pots... Pots of every shape and size filled the rising dough or nestled around the fireplace. Wood stove and under blankets on the couch all huddled together in the warmest room of the house. After a day of rising, I returned that afternoon. Pia's husband, Menko, had built the perfect fire for the bread in their outdoor wood oven. Twenty-five loaves of bread are baked at a time. There's no thermometer in this ancient oven. It's all done by eye and years of experience. I had timed it just right, arriving as they were pulling out the first loaf of bread. Pia admired her work and the beauty and the beautiful toasty golden color. Brava, she said to herself with a nod of the head. 
Like a pack of ravenous wolves, we closely follow Pia salivating over the smell as she leads us into the house. She cut into one loaf of sweet and one loaf of savory for us to compare. I've eaten the traditional cheesy version many times. It's rich, airy, dry, and crumbly with a hint of Parmesan, perfect with a glass of wine and dried sausages or salami. The savory brusca is a staple for the region. But on Easter, I prefer the dolce version. The best way to explain it is a bit like panettone, but better. I'll take just a skinny little slice. I'm not really hungry, I say in my best attempt to act demure. But a quarter of a loaf later, I realized I couldn't stop eating. (laughs) That paired with the deep red wine and homemade Vichelino, a local cherry liquor. Everything was going down nice and easy. I returned home with a bit of a buzz and a guilty feeling. Megan and Jason were working the entire time I was, quote-unquote, researching for the blog. (laughs) In awe of Fia and the ladies, like her all over, Italy, the endless hours of work they put forth to offer up loaves of bread for Easter gifts to lucky friends and family. Thankful that I too had a nice bundle of warm bread to take home. As the days count down to Easter, we prepared to host our first pranzo or lunch for Italians on Lunedì Pasqua, the Monday of Easter, which is a holiday here in Italy. Of course it is. <laughs> Marty, my 55-year-old tall, thin, balding, yuppie, hippie, radio engineer, biological father arrived for a visit and to help us set up shop. He lives off the grid in Washington state and no stranger to country living. More than anything, he is here to help reconnect with his daughters. Marty describes it as serendipitous. This is epic, though. It's the first time that my sister and I have spent time with Marty, our dad, since we were little kids. Basically brainwashed by our mother to be afraid of him, we never had much of a relationship until I graduated from high school and later invited him to our wedding. As adults, Megan and I have come to understand the situation much differently, and we're open to reconciliation, forgiveness, and moving on. We were all nervous, not only because of the weather, snowing heavy for days, but if Easter lunch guests would even like the food. Plus, I'm nervous that Megan and Marty will get along as she has many more unresolved daddy issues. It was important to me that this was going to be okay with her having Marty be here. Amazingly, she was open to it, and I knew it would be an incredible opportunity for them to reconnect. And for the first time in over 20 years, the three of us would be together. This is Jason's first attempt at not only cooking a multi-course meal for a group of Italians in Italy, but he's trying to make super local dishes and some that he's never made before, like strozzapretti, a twisted pasta, meaning strangled priests, in reference to when Lamarque was a papal state and tax collectors for the church. To top it off, the guests are 20 of Fabio's closest friends, so we must impress At any moment, Jason could have a slight freak out or stress meltdown, but continues cooking, tasting, tweaking, and perfecting his dishes and holds it together. (laughs) In the wee hours the night before Easter, sitting around the kitchen table and reviewing the menu, our fingers are kept busy by twisting strozzo pretti. There was a resurrection in our kitchen that night after a tearful, heartfelt apology by Marty, who pours out his feelings and why he left our mom and us, and how difficult it was. My sister and I were deeply touched, and it was the first real steps in forging a new relationship between the three of us. I remember studying his face in the light of the fire and noticed the similarities that I had never seen before. We have the same beauty mark on the right cheek, dark brown eyes, and happy-go-lucky mantra. The next morning, my sister and I arranged the long table in the dining room, dressed them with lace tablecloths we found in the cupboards of the house, when we moved in and carefully set the table. 
porcelain plates stacked too high per setting. I laid the utensils while Megan was buffing the wine glasses. Which side of the plate does the fork go? I can't remember what's proper, I ask. It goes like this, and Megan takes the forks from my hand, passing me the towel to switch jobs. Once the table is set, we gather wildflowers from the yard and field in the front yard. Walking and driving down to Main Street, we've already collected a handful of wild daffodils. Jason was busy creating wonderful smells in the kitchen when we returned pink-cheeked and full of fiori flowers. Shortly after the guests began arriving and the show was on, Marty, with his sleeves rolled up, set a position in the sink. He was the dishwasher for the day. Megan and I, the chipper waitresses that everyone wanted a glimpse of. Ooh! the Americans. Overall, the lunch was a hit and miss. The service was exceptional. The grilled eggplant was cut too thick for their liking, but the peasant soup was out of this world. Meg, how are you doing with Marty here? I asked as we were filling up the carafes of water and shuttling them back to the tables. I'm good, she nodded, reiterating her point. I'm surprised how okay I am. I thought he was someone else all these years. It's weird. Honestly, I can't believe we were ever afraid of him. I actually really like him. <laughs> it was time to serve our strangled priest pasta. Proud of our hard work, Jason dropped them into boiling water. And that's when we learned a very important lesson about fresh pasta. It likes to be boiled in plenty of salted water. Jason's big pot was suitable for serving six to eight, but when you drop in pasta for twice that amount, there's not enough water to dilute the starch, and the result is a gummy, disastrous mess. With fresh grated Parmesan on the table, guests had already eaten three courses and were happily chatting and enjoying each other's company. While back in the kitchen, Jason made a quick decision and chucked it, dumping hours of work into the bin without a second thought. I'd rather serve them burilla properly, cooked al dente, than the overcooked mess I've got right here. I'll never forget that. He didn't think twice. There was no way he'd jeopardize his integrity. The guests continued their lunch and all had a great time. 23 Italians left with a full belly and a bit surprised that Jason, an American, could cook such spot-on Italian food. They had no idea about the averted disaster with the pasta in the kitchen. Vincenzo, one of the guests, a good-looking romantic at heart lawyer with a very Bruce Willis cut, meaning shaved head, but before he balds and looks hot and younger because of it, texts us later that night. Though the weather was stormy outside, there was an abundance of warmth, good food, and friends inside. About two weeks later, we had an article written about us in Donna Moderna, Italy's longest-running weekly women's magazine. Think modern women in America. Mar- mm-hmm. From another guest that attended our Luna di Pasqua Pronzo. This little article about that haphazard lunch had us booked all summer with Italians eager to meet the Americans who can cook at this fairy tale farmhouse. To celebrate our success, Marty took us out for gelato. Jason graciously stayed home, allowing for this long overdue father-daughter time. In a little cafe in Urbana, Cafe del Teatro, with its fresco ceilings and artisan bakery, my sister and I were instantly seven years old again, asking for two scoops, please, and taking a little round table outside. I licked the edges of my drippy gelato, and it dawned on me. This is my first memory of having an ice cream with my sister and dad. And how wild is that? I'm 26 years old, and here we are in a tiny town in Italy. 
After long nights of making butter in a jam jar, teaching Jason a crash course on Electronics 101, installing a new lighting system in the kitchen, showering Megan with much-needed affection and praise, and helping me paint road signs for the house, Marty returned to America. I'm just so proud of what you and Jason are doing here, sweetie. There is something really special about this place, and I just know you will do great things. He said he had taught us all a little something, but nothing was as great as a gift of waking up each morning and knowing I would get to spend the day with you girls, he said as he left. Having Marty here really helped my sister at a time when she was estranged from our mom and to see that after all these years, he actually wanted to be around and still very much loves us. All right, that's the end of chapter 12. A very sweet look at Easter and family reunion of sorts. I just want to take a quick second and say happy birthday, buon compleanno, to Marty, my dad. And I hope you all had a wonderful holiday. And thanks for listening. Next week will be chapter 13, The Doctor's Inn. Ooh, this is going to be a good one, the introduction of Dr. Gaji. All right, ciao, ciao.